Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, 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 college football fans. This is Billy Mantle at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. I'm coming to you with a Dynasty Tailgate podcast, a part of the IDP Army slash semi-pro fantasy podcast network. We are at Rivalry Week, week 13 of the college football slate. We've got one more week of games, and then we're going to get into conference championships. You know, this is where the the bread gets buttered, in my opinion. This is where you start proving if you're worth what your weight is in salt. So, got a couple of you know, a couple of news items before we get into the recaps of last week's games. Um, first, George Pickens is back. Kind of. <laughs> he's not actually game ready yet. He's he's just taking some reps in practice. He was actually dressed for warm-ups last week. Um, when they played Charleston Southern, you know, cupcake game. I'm I'm excited for this. George Pickens was probably the fourth receiver going into the season. I, I think I can confidently say that's where a lot of people had him. Um, obviously, he tore his ACL in camp and has been out for the entire year. Hasn't affected Georgia much as they're number one undefeated and not really looking like anybody's going to be able to beat them. However, George Pickens. Quite a good receiver, might be able to to come back for a playoff run, which would only vault his value back up possibly. But Stetson Bennett's not a great cornerback or quarterback at this point, so I, I don't know. Uh, Georgia's one one possible flaw is their offense; it's shaky at times. However, I don't with the defense they have, you might as well be they might as well be playing offense too. So. Um, a couple of senior bowl additions that I'm, I'm getting excited about. So, uh, Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama is going to be a senior bowl. That excites me a lot. He's very explosive wide receiver, a lot of 20 plus yard plays. Uh, that usually means he's going to be kind of boom bust at the next level. And he is from South Alabama. I get why people are saying that he might not be, you know, everything he's cracked up to be. I've never seen him mocked in the first round, which is fine. I don't, I didn't expect that. Don't really expect him in the second round either. Third round, however, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I think he could probably work his way into the third round. I would feel confident that he could, he could at least maybe get into that round because he's good. You know, a lot of receivers in this draft. It's a wide receiver heavy draft. If you have a lot of dynasty picks this year, you're going to be using them on wide receivers. 
you know, you might be able to get a good running back in here. Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Jack Charbonnet. You're going to, you know, you're going to get a running back. However, the elite players in this draft are wide receivers. You're going to want your Garrett Wilsons. You're going to want your Traylon Burks. You're going to want your Jamison Williams. You're going to want your Drake London's, David Bells. Those are probably the top five. Um, some people would say Chris Olave, not I, but you know, this is your first time listening. Not a big fan of Chris Olave. Um, but another player that has decided to go to the senior bowl is Jahan Dotson from Penn state. Loved his game this entire season. He's always there to make the catch when you need him. He's not always going to be the explosive, you know, 110 yards player. Like, you know, he's never going to get that in a game necessarily, but he's always going to get like eight, nine catches for, 70 yards he's always the guy the check down penn state's got a terrible quarterback so he's been able to make the most out of a bad situation and we're excited to see him at the at the senior bowl this year need as many good players there as possible because i, I love seeing uh players in their play uh, a couple of linebackers that have decided to play in it devin lloyd from utah he's currently in my linebacker too uh just ahead of christian harris from alabama and uh, Mike Rose from Iowa State has also decided to play in the Senior Bowl, which is exciting. Mike Rose was really good against Oklahoma this past weekend. He made his presence felt early and often. Iowa State had a, had a chance to win that game, and Mike Rose was a huge part of that game plan. Um, the other only other one that I wanted to mention was Charlie Kolar from Ohio, Iowa State. He carved up Oklahoma over the weekend. That's just kind of his – he loves doing that. He's a kid. He's from Norman, Oklahoma, which is where Oklahoma – university is or the university of oklahoma is and charlie kohler is from there never got an offer from oklahoma so he says he's never out for revenge for that i disagree slightly because he always plays like a really good game against oklahoma where he has never really played that game the rest of the season so uh charlie kohler for a tight end he'll be there um we're still waiting on a couple more that haven't decided i have a suspicion that desmond ritter will be there as well He's going to need all of the draft stock uh, boost that he can this offseason because he hasn't really had that great of a season. They're currently ranked number four in the playoff. That that would be huge if he was able to show something in the playoff against potentially Georgia at number one, um, and that would be a huge boost for him. Um, other than that, nobody else has really accepted an invite. This is kind of a, a junior-led class, so I don't really – not really anybody else that I'm really looking forward to there. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's get on to last week's games. There was some huge performances. Huge. So we'll just start at the top because this was the big game. Michigan State versus Ohio State. You wanted to see power. You wanted to see a great game. You wanted to see back and forth. You know, one smack here, one smack there. Well, it ended up just being an Ohio State beatdown of Michigan State. Uh, Ohio State's looking like the best team in the country right now, and I cannot actually say that anyone's wrong because or Ohio State is probably the best. C.J. Stroud looks great, 32 of 35 for 432 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, Jesus Christ. He put everything he had into that game, and he showed why he is was as highly touted as he was at the beginning of the season. Um, beginning of the season, he started out rough. He's having a lot of rough games, but this this game kind of kind of showed what he's going to be capable of. And he's not available until 2023 uh, as far as the draft goes, so you're going to have to wait one more year um, to get him. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of 
teams tanking for him. Um, Seattle looks like they're headed exactly for that if Russell Wilson leaves this season. Um, but we'll get into some of the other performances. Chris Olave, seven catches, 140 yards and two touchdowns. He was great. Garrett Wilson, seven receptions, 126 yards and two touchdowns. He was also great. Big 77-yard uh uh, catch as well and then uh jackson smith and jigba 10 catches 105 yards and one touchdown um when they're firing on all cylinders that offense it's going to be really hard to beat them because those three wide receivers are all first round wide receivers like that's the thing you you have those guys on your team you're going to be able to move the ball against anybody and that's including georgia ohio state's offense versus georgia's defense will be one of the most fascinating matchups i've ever seen because Georgia's defense is that dominant to where it's, you know, you're not able to really run on Georgia. The D-line's too good for that. Then you have to try to pick apart the corners. Nobody's been able to do that yet. Alabama will be the first big test for them, and then we'll have to get into the playoff to see the rest. But Georgia, Ohio State, it's kind of where I think this uh, national championship is headed. But we'll see. Um, So, you know, that was kind of it for them. It, it was not a great game. I kind of flipped off, you know, midway through. I think, I don't know, I'm pretty sure they were winning like 35 nothing at halftime. I kind of flipped off of, off of it. No, I think it was worse than that. It was like 50-something because I, I remember saying it was the first time since Oklahoma lost to LSU that uh, a team scored 50 in one half. So it was, you know, pretty ugly. And I don't, you know, don't blame anybody involved with that. It was It was a rough one, and that's okay. Because Ohio State's good. Like, you know, we expected this going into the season. This is kind of where they're at. So, anyway, we'll move on from that. Ohio Iowa State played Oklahoma. It was a very tight game. It, it never really felt close. It felt like Oklahoma was winning. But the Oklahoma offense does not complement the defense, and the defense does not complement the offense. Like, every time Oklahoma would score, well, then Iowa State would score. You know, it's like if Oklahoma's defense made a big stop, then the offense would sputter out and not be able to do anything. They could put everything together. It's a good team, but they're, you know, having a rough season. Caleb Williams looked like trash, and I can't tell if it's the coaching. I can't tell. I can't tell what's going on with Oklahoma right now, but the defense is the only thing worth anything, and uh, we'll see. I don't know. Oklahoma has to win this week to get into the uh, Big 12 championship. I'm not 1,000% positive that they're going to be able to. So, anyway, performances in the game. Charlie Kohler, 12 receptions, 152 yards, and one touchdown. I watched every snap of the game. Charlie Kohler owned that game. <clears throat> he really didn't get going heavy until the end of the game where they, they just were like, we're just going to throw it to Charlie Kohler every time, and you're going to have to prove to us you, you could stop him. And Oklahoma couldn't do it. They didn't do it until the last play of the game. Um, they doubled him, and they tried to throw to a different person, and it didn't work out. Kind of how it worked. Uh, Brees Hall, 19 carries, 58 yards, and one touchdown. He also had three catches for 17 yards. He could have had more. Brees Hall is really good. I, I, uh, they were comping him in the broadcast to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I, I don't hate it. I think it was Joel Klatt that said that. I don't hate that comparison, but... I don't know. I I guess I never really thought of Le'Veon Bell as that big because I'm pretty sure Brees Hall is heavier and kind of a little bit more stout than Le'Veon Bell. But I don't hate the comp. The, he's got good hands, 
he's he's just got a really bad not a bad quarterback but Brock Purdy's not amazing he's not lighting anybody up you know so uh it's interesting we'll we'll see we'll see as far as Oklahoma on the other side um they had you know good play from Nick Benito five tackles three solo one sack two tackles for loss two and a half tackles for loss uh Nick Benito when he's a really on, he's really on. He was really on on Saturday against Iowa State. He was beating people off the the move uh, or off the line of scrimmage with moves. He was doing everything. It was great. Uh, Perry Winfrey also had one sack in the game. He didn't really do a whole lot outside of that, but it is what it is. I'm not going to go over any of these garbage SEC games where they played, you know, trash. Georgia played Charleston Southern. No, thank you. Texas A&M. Nothing I'm going to be able to take from you beating up Prairie View. Like, that's just – I don't understand it at this late in the season, but I get why they do it. They don't schedule – they schedule a harder game earlier, <clears throat> and they, you know, put a cupcake basically bye week at the end of the season just to make sure everybody's healthy. I get it. Don't love it, but I get it. It is what it is. Um, Notre Dame played Georgia Tech over the weekend – or, yeah, over the weekend – uh, Kyron Williams, 11 carries, 56 yards, two touchdowns. He also had four catches for 31 yards. He was good. You know, I don't, I don't really have any much more to say than that. He was good. And I think that he will be a fine fifth-round running back. I, I don't think anybody's taken him, you know, in the third round, fourth round. I don't think he's somebody, he's somebody you stash on your bench because he's going to be the guy that catches the balls out of the backfield. But I – I'm getting nervous about him actually being, you know, that useful at the next level. Jerion Ely is the same for Ole Miss, but we'll get to that in a second. <clears throat> Alabama played Arkansas. Bryce Young looked like a freaking star. 559 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, good Lord almighty, he was really good. Arkansas's defense is really bad, but a big duel between wide receivers here. So Traylon Burks put up eight receptions, 179 yards and two touchdowns. He was electric against Alabama. And that is kind of what you're looking for in your dynasty drafts. In my opinion, you're looking for that kind of electric play from a wide receiver. And Traylon Burks has it. A lot of people say he's too heavy. Okay. He's got a lot of power though. Like that's the thing. He, he's got power and he doesn't have like, big speed but he's got strong running like you, you know if you try to throw a db at him he's just gonna throw him off and keep going and that's the kind of guy he is so you know he and he even busted one out for 77 yards or so and it was like a broken tackle um he's got yeah no nah, i'm not gonna go there i think he's there's some cd lamb type of stuff to him i wouldn't i don't know if i'd straight comp him to cd lamb that's kind of strong but you know if Traylon burst was on a better team this kid, you know, he's doing this on Arkansas, and KJ Jefferson's only only okay as his quarterback. So we'll see. But Alabama, Jamison Williams, eight receptions, hundred ninety yards, three touchdowns. They know what's they know what's winning them the game. They're, you know, it's it's silly to think otherwise. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are going to be a fascinating twenty twenty three battle um, for that number one pick. And next year's draft for quarterbacks is going to be a lot better. However, I'm going to stop. I'm going to pause here for a second. All right. We have to stop this narrative of 2022 quarterbacks being bad. I'm sick of hearing it. Um, I know you all watched Daniel Jones play on Monday night football versus the Tampa Bay. He was awful. 
He's been bad the entire season. Here is the thing of it, though. He is not was not good in college either at Duke. I, he wasn't. You are kidding yourself if you think that he was ever good. Out of the seven years that Daniel Jones has played so far, and that's including all through college and then the three years he's been in the pros, he's thrown 3,000 yards one time out of all of seven of those years. 3,000 yards one time. No. All At least three of these quarterbacks in this draft have at least thrown for 3,000 yards already, and they still have either one, maybe two games left in them. I don't see how you can say that the, these quarterbacks cannot be good at the next level just based on – and I get it. There's no savior quarterback. Trevor, does Trevor Lawrence look like a savior this year? He looked great. Justin Fields, he doing amazing this year? Doing great. Tre- Trey Lance? Oh, he's played what one game? Started one game so far. See, he, uh, he's the savior of the of the team. Mac Jones does look good. I did not project that from him, but I he's got a little game manager in him too. But he is a rookie, so I can't give him that. But Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson looked like a savior of a team. He's outplayed by Mike White. So we got to cut this narrative. Like that's the thing. We got to cut this. If last year was a whole draft of savior quarterbacks, none of them are good this year, like zero uh, other than Mac Jones. And he's only been okay. Not good for fantasy, by the way. He's only been pretty good for the NFL, actual NFL team. But the rest of these quarterbacks, what well, Justin Fields has had one good week. The rest of them are useful. So I, I think it's kind of silly to take down some of the quarterbacks from this draft class because they're not elite level talent i don't know we'll see coming up here but like kitty pickett for example uh we'll just move on to pittsburgh versus uh virginia kenny pickett 26 of 41 340 yards four touchdowns two interceptions and by the way and he's been really good by the way so i I think kenny pickett could definitely at least start for a program i don't know if he's going to change it around but i mean daniel jones hasn't changed it around he's a top six pick I think that's that's one of my problems, especially with the not the fantasy community only, but like they want these quarterbacks to come in and be able to change a program. How many have done that? I mean, Joe Burrow has, Justin Herbert has, Tua hasn't. Like who? Kyler Murray has. You, you know, you have far and few in between first round quarterbacks that have come in and change a program, but for the most part, we're still waiting. Sam Darnold, he didn't do a darn thing. He's going to be a backup next year. Uh, Baker is broken beyond belief. I mean, in my opinion, he has changed around the Browns, but, I mean, you know, you're watching him on Sunday. He's not somebody you're starting in fantasy, and he's not someone – Browns are not winning because of Baker Mayfield. Let's put it that way. So I think we just got to, you know, maybe put the take on ice that every quarterback has to be this elite-level talent to – come in and change around to program because we we just simply aren't really seeing that enough like burrow has kyler has herbert has you know kind of drops off a little bit after that you know no no quarterback from last year's draft other than you could say burrow and and herbert but Tua, no this year uh, uh, this past draft i mean with 
Trevor Lawrence and them. No, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is good, but the team of New England's good. The defense is good, so I don't really put that all on him. Sorry. Tangent aside, I'm sick of seeing this on Twitter where oh, you shouldn't, shouldn't like. There's no good quarterbacks in this draft. Uh. Do you know that there was supposed to be a bunch of good quarterbacks in the last draft class? How's that working out for all of those teams? Somebody's gonna end up with a steal in this draft. Just saying, I'm already predicting that one of these te- one of these teams is gonna get an all time quarterback, and then next season when their quarterback starts out really hot, they're gonna be like, nobody saw this coming. I not I said the ombre vendor. All right. Anyway, I'll move past it. Sorry, I, I had to get that out there because I'm sick of seeing it on Twitter, and you know it's just breeding nonsense in my opinion. But I just have to mention. And we don't talk about this guy enough. Uh, Jordan Addison for Pittsburgh has been really good. He's a sophomore this year. He'll get to play. He'll get drafted next year. But we need to start putting him in elite company. So the only other player to replicate his stats at Pittsburgh, Larry Fitzgerald. The like he has been so good this year. He went for two hundred yards, fourteen receptions, two hundred and two yards, four touchdowns. In this past game, he's Kitty Pickett's favorite wide receiver. It looks great, and I don't see how he can't be on the field to go forward. I, I just don't see it, um, or I don't see how he can't be in next year's draft class, at least in the top couple. So I'll get to two more uh, just because I think they are notable. Matt Corral, 326 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and then Jaron Ely, nine carries, 55 yards, and one touchdown for Old Miss. He also added five catches for 31 yards and a touchdown um, through the air as well. Jaron Ely, I think, is going to be a steal for a team in this draft. Um, I don't think he's going to get drafted high, but I think he's going to be one of those like fourth, fifth rounders that ends up making, you know, making the team, making it look good. So... All right, the only other game I have left is Oregon versus Utah that I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, Thibodeau had seven tackles and one pass defense, which given not amazing work out of him. And then Devin Lloyd had six total tackles, one tackle for loss. Uh, Linebacker versus defensive end battle there, but Utah was just all over Oregon and effectively knocked him out of the championship. Way of the road, you know, way of the road. All right, I'll get into this week's games. Um, next week, uh, since it's championship week, we'll kind of talk about the players involved in those games. And then we'll kind of go over what, um, what you know, what we're looking at as far as the draft. Because I think, you know, we're getting to the final, here's who the guys are. Here's who you need to pay attention to. And then maybe we'll sprinkle in some other names too as well, just to make sure everybody's out on the table. All right, so for rivalry week this week, we got Ole Miss versus Mississippi State on Thanksgiving. Going to be a good one. A couple of good offenses, not so great defenses. Should be high scoring. Should be able to, you know, while you're smashing some turkey, should be able to watch Ole Miss handle Mike Leach in the Mississippi State. Uh, I don't even know what, what what is their mascot even. I forgot. Yeah, I won't get bogged down in it. Matt Corral has worked his way up there. I think he's probably still either one or two on the board. Malik Willis is kind of 
that and here's the problem is none of these guys are really showing statement games. I personally think I'm liking Kenny Pickett the best at this point. I'm not gonna lie, he's not overly mobile, but I love I love the way he plays. I love the way he throws the ball. He he's able to identify defenses and make good decisions, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, but North Carolina plays NC State on Friday. That should be a good one. Got um, Sam Howell in that game. Should be good against North Carolina. Not really, not really anybody I'm looking for at North Carolina State, kind of off Zonovan night. Um, and then the big one, Ohio State plays Michigan, the game. Got Ohio State's trio of wide receivers. Michigan doesn't really have anybody that you're looking at on offense. They do have Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end on defense, who's going to need to get to uh, C.J. Stroud if they're going to make this a game. I'm afraid that it's going to be a blowout, which is kind of stinks. But you know, should be a fun game. I hope it's. I hope it's close. Let's just keep it close. I don't. I don't even care anything past that. Just keep it close, guys. Um, Alabama plays Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Two weeks ago, I would have said this was an amazing matchup and that Auburn could pull the upset. Well, Auburn's kind of falling off of a cliff, and Alabama's hitting their stride. Um, Alabama is going to head straight first into Georgia, and I don't think there's anybody stopping that at this point. Definitely not Auburn. Uh, Oregon plays Oregon State in the Civil Conflict, formerly known as the Civil War. Uh, Oregon lost to Oregon State last year, embarrassingly. Uh, Thibodeau, I, I he's still the number one draft pick. He's got everything you want to see. I think he could probably set out these last two games, this one in the bowl game. And be perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with Oregon being there, but we just need more from them. Um, all right, so Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State in Bedlam. This one will be a great game, in my opinion. Um, I think Oklahoma really has to hit their stride and has to be able to go toe-to-toe with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's got a great defense. Oklahoma equally solid defense. I don't know if it's amazing, but it's it's good. And this would just be kind of the one that I would pay attention to as someone who maybe is looking for you know some sleepers because I don't really know if there's anybody on either of these teams that you're like excited about necessarily, but you know, it should be a good game. We're this is all about fun games this weekend. We're not really, you know, we're hoping for some good you know, potential dynasty stashes, but same time, you know, might not get it. Penn state versus Michigan state, Jahan Dotson versus Kenneth Walker should be good. Be keeping a close eye on those guys in that game. Um, and then after that, it's really just Kenny Pickett versus Syracuse. I need, I, I would love to see more from Kenny Pickett. He's, he's put together a pretty good team. So I'm excited to see them in this game. This is more of just like college football fun weekend. I don't really know if there's necessarily anything we can take for Dynasty. I think the Dynasty players have kind of, you know, solidified themselves. So we'll do a quick recap of the quarterbacks. Or we'll actually just do a complete recap of all of the players that we're kind of like looking for in the draft, at least kind of some of the top names at each position. So um, at quarterback, I have Malik Willis, number one. You could talk me into Kenny Pickett. You could talk me into Matt Corral. 
I think the throw three of them are kind of the guys that I would feel most comfortable with at the top. Um, but past that, Sam Howell, I, I, he, he belongs in the first round as well. There could be as many as four quarterbacks in this first round. I think it drops off a cliff after that. A lot of people are ha- still have Carson Strong in there. And he was really good in that double overtime game versus Air Force last week. Air Force won the game. Kind of my problem with him is, you know, he cannot elevate the people around him to make the entire team better. I'm not saying a quarterback has to make their team undefeated. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they, you know, can't lose three or four games. They can, but it has to be not because of you that they're losing the games. Carson Strong can only, like, you know, he can only throw the long bomb and he cannot scramble. Scrambling's out of the, out of the question, which he could have used because the game got to triple overtime and both teams had to score uh, two point conversions. That's how the, NCAA rules work, which is kind of silly, but that's how it is. And they're just simply like the other quarterback was able to scramble into the end zone and get the two point conversion. And then it got to Nevada. You're just taking a wide gamble that he's going to be able to find the wide receiver, wide, <laughs> the right wide receiver to throw to, and he was unable to. That's that's the Carson Strong experience, in my opinion. So Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, those are the guys you're looking for. Set, super flex. Probably the guys you're looking for. Look where they get drafted. I'm sure that's going to be a big thing this year. Um, but, you know, somebody be able to sneak up in there. Running backs, Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and Jack Charbonnet, are, I think, are the four. And then we have kind of a break. And then Kyron Williams, Jira, and Ely after that. And then I think there's another break. And then Zonovan Knight, CJ Verdell, Tyler Allegier from BYU. I'm most excited about the top four. I could see in a draft, if you're going with uh, Superflex, I could see maybe two of these guys going in the first round. I think we're just kind of running back desperate at this point that we're just kind of hoping that the guy we pick is going to end up being a three-down back. It's tough to find nowadays. It really is. Like, hell, Indianapolis took Jonathan Taylor, and it's taken this long to figure out that he's not a just – back you throw in a rotation you just let him work so are they gonna let any of these guys work right away probably not and that's just kind of where, where we're at right now so we'll get on the wide receivers i think there's a it's a five wide receiver class six if you're you know a little bit more hopeful than me but garrett wilson Traylon burks jameson williams drake london david bell i think the the tier stops there then you get into chris olave Jahan dotson george pickens um, and then I think there might be another another break, and then Jalen Tolbert and Justin Ross both need to show more stuff. Uh, Justin Ross from Clemson. Tight ends. This has been a crapshoot this year. I have liked a different court re- tight end about every week, but the way that I think – I'm going to put all of them except for Charlie Kolar in the same – Yeah, okay, top four – are probably the ones I'd have in a tier together. Trey McBride, Jalen Wiedermeyer, Isaiah Likely, and Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama. Not in love with any of them, but you know, some you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody out. It could, it could be a good tight end class. Nobody is Kyle Pitts. 
nobody is that like level of excitement. So let's just, you know, that's where we need to draw the line. Um, we'll get on defense. Linebackers. Nicobe Dean, Devin Lloyd, Christian Harris, Mike Rose, Nick Benito from Oklahoma. There might be a few other names sneak into this list. Other than Nicobe Dean, I don't really know who else on this list. I mean, Devin Lloyd's good too. Maybe I would be okay with him. But Christian Harris, Mike Rose, Nick Benito, kind of going to depend on where they go and if they get playing time, which I don't see them getting playing time right away. Just how it is. Uh, defensive end slash D line. We got Kayvon Thibodeau, Drake Jackson at one, two. I don't think there's a, it's not a drop off. It's more of a going to depend on where they fall, which is George Karloftis, Aiden Hutchinson and Jordan Davis. And then after that, we got DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M and Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma. Got a lot of meat left on the bone for those two guys. They had really good last year's this year, not been as great. Um, but, you know, if they find a GM that's willing to look past what they've done this season, sure, <laughs> they'll be good. Kayvon Thibodeau, I still – I will fight for this. He is a first-round Superflex IDP draftable defensive player. I will die on that hill. Kayvon Thibodeau is the real deal. Drake Jackson, I think, is also the real deal. I think he's going to end up in a team like uh, the Eagles, and the Eagles are going to be ascending next season, so that could be good for their defense. I still need to see from Aiden Hutchinson. Jordan Davis is an absolute monster. 330 defensive tackle. uh, And he is very fluid, very fast for his size. And I think that he's going to work right into the next level. Cannot wait to see what they can do. All right, quickly get to DBs real quick. Kyle Hamilton, still number one. He is hurt for Notre Dame currently. I would not be surprised if he does not make it any further in the season. They have two games left, this one in the ballgame. Not be shocked if he doesn't play any longer. He's good though. He's he's a safety to own in this uh, draft class. Two Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. He's cornerback. He's out for the season with a foot injury, quote unquote foot. Uh, Kyer Elam from Florida. Not been as great this season, but he was a bright spot last season. So I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Andre Booth from Clemson, another cornerback. Big quarterback draft. And then Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati, also a quarterback. Really good quarterback class. Not going to translate to fantasy, I don't think. And that's kind of that's kind what kind of stinks. Maybe there's a diamond in the rough here where you can find somebody that's going to be able to blitz as well as be safety. But it's kind of tough to find a cornerback that could also blitz. But we'll see. We'll see. Kyle Hamilton, I think, could do that. The rest of these guys, I'm not sure of. All right. That's all I got for this week. Follow at the IDP Army on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Follow at Semi Pro Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, follow me at Umbre Vendor. Follow at Offensive Points. That's the uh, fantasy football podcast that I do. Please, if you're out there, let me know what you want to hear from the rest of this draft. I, I will take suggestions. I am perfectly fine talking to any players from this draft. We can go sleepers. Um, I think it's a little early to go sleepers since we still haven't solidified exactly who's going to get taken in the first round, second round, third round. But as soon as I get that kind of figured out and taken away, then maybe we can get into sleepers as well. Um, I really need to get into a mock draft or at least see some more fantasy mock drafts from this draft class. It's kind of early still. I understand that, but we will get it done. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy college football. 
I will see you back here next week because we're going to be in championship week already. There's two games left for a lot of teams. There's three or four games left for championship contenders. So I will talk to you next week.